Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald, and today our devotional is titled, The Promised Land. The Promised Land. It all began with God's promise to Abraham, as seen in Genesis 12.1. We read there, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. We read in Genesis that Abraham came to live in the promised land with his family, but never really possessed it. The only thing that Abraham ever owned was a burial plot, Genesis 23. In that context, God told Abraham that the family would depart from the land and be in a foreign land for 400 years, as predicted in Genesis 15, 13. We read there, Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. Well, this was fulfilled as Joseph was sold into slavery, ended up in Egypt. The family followed him there, where they remained for four hundred years and ended up in slavery, exactly as God had prophesied to Abraham hundreds of years in advance. At the end of the 400 years, it is estimated that the family of Jacob had grown to be about 2 to 3 million people. They were then birthed, if you will, birthed as a nation in the Exodus. Not only was it God's intention to bring them out of Egypt as a nation, but also to then give them the land of promise. They were being delivered to inherit a land. Exodus 3.8 reads, So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. God's nation building included both a people and a land. It would be this combination of people and the land that God would use as his special witness to the world. Through Israel, the one true God would reveal himself. However, on the way to the promised land, the people rebelled. And because of their rebel unbelief, God caused them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. God's blessing on Israel is consistently seen in relation to the land. And God's discipline of Israel is consistently seen in relation to the land. And in both cases, whether in blessing or in discipline, Israel is a testimony to the truth of God. Whether in blessing or discipline, God is ever shown to be a God of loyal, covenant-keeping love. A special word in the Old Testament that defines God's covenant loyalty is the Hebrew word hesed. This word is used 200... (laughs) 248 times in the Old Testament. It has been called an undefinable word, being translated at least 14 different ways. Commonly, it is translated as steadfast love, loyal love, or loving kindness. It underscores God's faithfulness. Hesed is a kind of love expressed in God's covenant relationship with Israel. Hesed goes right along with the name Yahweh as both stress his covenant faithfulness. Jeremiah 9, 24 reads, 
But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness. That's hesed. Loving kindness, hesed, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Again, Lamentations 3.22.23. Through the Lord's mercies, that's, that's hesed. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God ever shows himself to be faithful, whether in blessing or in discipline. This means that all the covenant promises to Israel will literally be fulfilled. It's just a matter of time. Discipline may interrupt Israel's experiencing the blessing, but it does not cancel out God's covenant promises to national Israel. Note that the issue of Israel's relationship to the land is always related to covenant faithfulness. The one thing that God demands is that Israel recognize him alone as God. As they do so, they would enjoy God's blessings in the land. But if they failed to properly recognize him as God, they would be put out of the land as a matter of discipline. So after 40 years, when the older generation had died in the wilderness, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, Moses gave his final messages to Israel. He told them over and over that occupation of the land was dependent upon covenant faithfulness of which the first and great command was to have no other gods before him. Deuteronomy 5.33 reads, You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall live, and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Thus, what has happened to Israel in relation to the promised land has consistently happened in perfect accord with what God had foretold them regarding blessings and curses. Amos 3, 1 and 2, Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. And then he says in verse 7, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. What proof of the Bible? Observe that at each step, what God has said regarding Israel has been fulfilled to the letter. And this trend related to the land of Israel continues to this very day. Stay tuned. The last days centers around the land of Israel. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald signing off for now.